Blog Talk Radio. Can we can we try it here? Let's try it here. What? Rebecca Collier Hagler And I want you to know tonight That God has a designed word Especially for you Now Psalms 119 and 11 says Thy word have I hid in my heart That I might not sin against thee By keeping God's word in our heart It keeps us living a holy lifestyle That is if we choose to obey 
God's word. And then Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, meaning the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose and our destiny in Christ. Well, it brings me great joy to come before you tonight here on Block Talk Radio and to share a word from God with you. Now, I want you to know tonight that God truly is awesome, and I will bless the Lord at all times. That happens to be one of my favorite scriptures, that wherever I am, wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, I will bless the Lord at all times. How many of you just like blessing the Lord, just giving God praise, giving God glory, giving God honor for who he is? Not not caring where you are, but just standing there at Walmart sometimes, just start thinking about the goodness of the Lord and just beginning to bless God's name. He is so good. And I truly, truly, truly do love the Lord on tonight. Well, once again, I want to say thank you for tuning in to our show on tonight. And I would ask that after the broadcast tonight, if you would look on our webpage for blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God, there's a button there, and uh, on that button it says uh, to follow. And I would love for you to be a follower of our program. Um, We just enjoy coming to you weekly and sharing a fresh word from God with you. Uh, As God gives it to me, I give it to you. And so I'm just so very, very thankful for what God is doing uh, in the life of this particular radio ministry. I'm so happy because I'm able to check my site every day, and I do have archive shows as well as this show. Uh, When we finish this show tonight, uh, this one will air as well, and uh, it'll be on my archives until um, I decide to take it off. But I'm so thankful that we've had almost 2,500 almost 2,500 people that have started to listen to this show. Some of you listen live, but quite a few of you listen uh, to my archive or go to my on-demand and you listen that way. You can also find me uh, on uh, iTunes through podcasts. So, I mean, God is just doing a great work with this radio show, so I'm, I'm so, so very, very thankful to all of you, and I want to say thank you to all who have been following and who have been listening to this broadcast. I want to say thank you for your encouraging words and for your support. I love you all. It is just such a joy to come before you each Sunday night. I know that there's so much that you could be doing. You may have your own services. Uh, You may just want to be sitting at home chilling with your family, enjoying your family. But some of you do get on the Internet and you do listen to what the Spirit of God has to say. And so I'm truly honored that you choose uh, a Word from God broadcast to listen to 
Uh, and for those of you that listen on the archives, I'm so thankful. I know that you're listening from all over the world, so I'm very, very thankful uh, that you do listen to this broadcast. And, and I'm just praying for you all. I'm saying God bless you uh, to all of you because you don't know what this does uh, to me. So um, I want to also thank you, uh, thank all the people who uh, tuned in and listened uh, a week or so ago to my sister's uh, broadcast about being delivered from homosexuality. Uh, I do apologize. We had someone that was able to kind of get on, and we weren't quite sure, but we wanted to give him an opportunity to see if he was real and if he really wanted deliverance, but he did say some things on the air, and I'm very, very sorry that I wasn't able to click him off before time. But we're just so thrilled uh, uh, that we have this uh, this this um, medium to be able to share uh, God's word with you each and every week. Also, um, when you were on my wordfromgod.com page, or our, I'm sorry, our blogtalkradio.com slash your word from God page, I want you to check out our different affiliates and our different links uh, that we have, and uh, there are some great uh, blogs and some great affiliate links that we have. And I want you to go to those, and I want you to read those uh, because they're very, very good. There is one on high blood pressure, <coughs> excuse me, uh, where it talks about uh, eating right and changing your eating lifestyle, exercising, um, uh, doing all kinds of different things. I am now in the process of trying to uh, eat a little bit better, eat a little bit differently, eat more fruits and eat more vegetables, and trying to exercise a little bit more. And I tell you, it does help you in the long run, especially when you get up in my age group um, where your body starts slowing down. You want to keep your body active. You want to keep your mind active. So I would say to uh, get on, go on those uh, those. Read those blogs and and just check them out. There's one about Black History uh, on there. Um, just all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things that are are going on on those different blogs. So I am going to go ahead right now, and we're going to play a song. And then after we play this song, we are going to go ahead and we are going to get into the Word of God. So I pray that you get a pencil and some paper. Uh, get your Bible. Uh, if you do miss any portion of what I'm saying, as I said, as soon as this, as we uh, air this show, about five minutes after it goes off, you can go back on, you can re-listen to the show, and you can catch up on all of the uh, um, things that you may have missed. So uh, get your pencil, get your paper, get your words and maybe a, a glass of juice or water, some coffee or tea or whatever, and enjoy yourself in the Lord tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about who is the Holy Spirit, and we're going to share about the precious, precious Holy Spirit and uh, so that we can learn a little bit about him and learn a little bit about what he does and what he's doing in our lives. So just sit back, relax, enjoy the song, let it minister to your spirit. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb, and He is truly worthy. We just honor the Lord on tonight. God is just so powerful. I love the things that God can do. I mean, His His. there's nothing, there's just nothing that God can't do. He can bring you back to life, not only uh, spiritually, but he can bring you back physically. We see that in his word. He can heal your body. It's just like when your car is messed up or something has happened to your car, say you have a Ford or if you have a Mercedes, you take that Mercedes to the Mercedes dealership or you take that Ford to the Ford dealership because they are the ones that made it, so they know exactly what to do, what needs to be fixed. They have all the parts, everything that they might need to fix that car for you. It's the same way with God. I don't say don't go to the doctors because we do need the doctors. But when you go to the doctor, also trust God because God is the one that made your body. God, uh, The scripture even says that God has every hair in your head numbered. And, wow, that has got to be awesome because some of us wear wigs and some of us wear weaves and we have braids, but God still knows not only how much weave hair we have, but he also knows how much real hair. He knows so much about us. When you have a problem, you can go directly to him. There is no waiting limit. There's no waiting time. You know, we're so used to waiting in life for everything. You know, waiting in line at, at Walmart or waiting in line at the commissary or waiting in line uh, at the doctor's office. Maybe not waiting in a line, but you're waiting. Uh, you're, you're waiting in line at the DMV. I mean, everywhere you go, you've got to wait, you know. But with God, you get a straight-through number. All you got to do is wherever you are, you just say, Father, I need you. Or however you speak reverently to God. All you've got to do is just let the Lord know, Father, I need you. I need some help right now. There's an old old saying that says he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. But I want you to know, just like with Daniel, uh, God hears you on the first day of your prayer. Now, what you've got to do is you've got to maintain that prayer. You've got to walk in faith with that prayer. You've got to speak the word. You've got to speak the solution because you've got to find the solution in the word of God that goes along with the problem. And you pray that and you believe God for that. And then that angel will come down for the words that you're speaking and, and exchange those words for the blessing that God has for you that you've asked God And so I just want you to know tonight that God is truly an awesome God. I can't say that enough. I know I say it all the time, but I say it because I mean it. He is awesome. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere at the same time. Some of us are are moving around and we're walking and, 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 and maybe just getting up from a dinner table. Some of us are getting ready to... Uh, chill out for the rest of the evening. Some are already asleep. Some are waking up uh, tomorrow morning getting ready for a brand new day. And not only is God here, but God is there. 
For those that are that are sleeping right now, God is there. For those that are waking up and getting ready to start a brand new day in another part of the world, God is there. For those of us that are sitting here right now listening to the radio broadcast, God is here. For those that are on the West Coast right now, maybe just now getting home from church dinner or whatever, spending time with family and friends, God is there all at the same time. Who would not love a magnificent God like that? I mean to tell you, he is all-powerful, and I love him for being the God that he is. Well, let us pray as we go into the word of God. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you and I glorify you. I thank you, Lord God, for being just who you are, God. I thank you, Lord, for just looking down upon your people and just seeing, Father God, watchful over us and seeing that we're okay. And for those of us, Father God, that are going through some type of dilemma, some type of trauma, some type of depression, some type of an assault, you see that, Father God, and you're sending your angels, Father God, to mend the wounds and the hurts and to protect and keep them from an hour of endangerment. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you know all and that you see all and that your love for each and every one of us is special. And you love each and every one of us, Father God, on this earth as if we were the only one on this earth. I just thank you. I just praise you. I magnify you for your goodness. And I'm asking you right now, Lord God, to place your hand upon me, Lord God, that I might break forth the word that you would have me to share on tonight. Let the words that come out of my mouth be the words that have come forth out of yours. And let me speak only that, Lord God, which you would have me to speak. I pray, Father God, that you will open up the ears And open up the minds of your people that they might receive your word, Father God, on tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, tonight we're going to be sharing, as I said a little bit earlier, we're going to be talking about who is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is what some would say the third personality in the Godhead. The the hierarchy is not just God or Jesus and then the Holy Spirit. The hierarchy is not what we would say it's God, it's Jesus, and it's the Holy Spirit. But they are, all three of them are the Godhead. The three of them together are God. There is God the Father, there is God the Son, who is Jesus, and there is God the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And all three come together to make one, and his name is called God, or Jehovah, or Elohim, or El Shaddai. They each have their own distinct personality. That's something that each of them uh, have done or are doing. Although some say that the Father was only involved in the creation of mankind, and some say that uh, Jesus uh, was only involved in the redemption of mankind, and some are saying that the Holy Spirit is only inv- only involved in the church 
as of right now. That sounds good, but it is not so. They work together to fulfill what the word of God declares. According to Genesis uh, chapter 1 and verse 26, uh, it shows that they do work together. Verse 26 said, and God said, let us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. That's Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. It shows that they work together. Uh, It says, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness. We were not evolved. We weren't first fish, and then we sprouted some legs and walked onto the ground, and then we became monkeys, and then we became man. We were created to look just like we have the image of our Father, our God. Uh, We have their likeness. We are uh, the same as they are, not in the powerful, all-powerful way, but we have their like. We have God's likeness, and we we are made in God's image. And so all three of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the complete Godhead, created this world and this universe together. Then in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, we see them together again. And this is when Jesus was baptized by his cousin, uh, John the Baptist. In verse 16, it says, this is Matthew three sixteen and 17. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up at once out of the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. And he, John, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And verse 17 says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased, or in the Amplified Bible says, I delight. Jesus was baptized. God the Father was present, and the Holy Spirit appeared as a dove sitting on his shoulder. Now, I love the fact that God, when Jesus uh, did what he did, when he got baptized, and God wanted the world to know. He was a proud father. He wanted the world to know This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Can God say that about you today? This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter because I am so pleased. I am well, not just pleased, but I am so well pleased with what she's doing, with what he's doing. Are you living a life to, uh, in in front of the world today that God can speak out, that God can openly show his pleasure for you in His in your life? Can he openly show his pleasure for you in the things that you are doing for him? That's just a little tidbit, something for you to think about. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Let that be said by you. Let that be said about by the Father, about the Father God, about you. Hallelujah. 
There was a time, though, when we do not see the complete Godhead together, but all three were preparing for a great work, and that work was the redemption of mankind. And that was at the death of Jesus on the cross. The act shown at the cross was a very intimate act between God the Father, God the Son, and us. There is a binding and an undying love in the Godhead, not just of each other, but for us also. Because in the scripture it says that there is one sin that is not a forgivable sin, and that is for those that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Now, so many people say so many different things about that unforgivable sin. But to my understanding, that is when you attribute the things of the Holy Spirit, the working and the moving of the Holy Spirit to uh, the devil, saying that those things are of uh, that those things are of Satan and not of God. So be very, very careful. God has a great love for His Son. He has a great love for the Holy Spirit. And God said that there are some things that He forgives, but that one act of unforgiveness, that one act of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, uh, 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 speaking a lie or something against the Holy Spirit, God said he will not tolerate. So there is a binding and undying love in the Godhead, not just for each other, but also for us. And as I was saying earlier, to some, the act of what seemed like abandonment when Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me, was really not an abandonment issue, but it was a love issue. You see, God and his son had never, ever been separated. There was no bad blood between God the Father and God the Son. But once on the cross, as it was with man, Jesus, for the first time, had sin in his life. And you see, sin separates us from God, period. It is spiritual death. When we sin, when we when we don't receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, and we choose to sin, we choose to um, uh, walk away from God or not accept God, that is spiritual death. We have separated ourselves from God, and we're telling God, I don't want to have anything to do with you. So it is at this time that God is looking at his son in a sin condition, and God couldn't stand it. He couldn't tolerate it. He couldn't stomach it. He 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 just does not like sin. He can't stand sin. Not at all. But you see, Jesus was on a mission, and that mission was one that the Father had sent him on. And because God loved his son and he loved us also, he had to look away. It was the love of God and the love of his son that are, that we are redeemed today. It is the love of God and the love of his son that we are redeemed today. If God had let his love for his son 
surpass his love for us, we would have never been saved. Because you cannot tell me that God does not love his son um, to a point that, you know, he he was a, he was still a father, just like we're parents. You know, I don't know if I could sit there and watch my daughters die for something that they did not do. And I had the power to release them from that. I would just go probably because I'm a mother and I love those girls with all my heart. And I would probably just have said, okay, that's it. No, no, they're not going to do that. But God's love for his son is so strong. But his love for us was just as strong. And so God had to let his love for his son or, or his love for his son He had to surpass that. He had to look past his love for his son uh, to, to look at the love that he has for us. And if he had not have done that, we would not be saved. And if Jesus had not been obedient and loved us so much, because the scripture says, for God so loved the world, he so loved the world, not just, uh, those of us uh, who are who are saved or who he knew would be saved, but he loved the world. Jesus was sent for the entire world. Now, whoever uh, choose to believe him and choose to receive him would not perish, but we would have everlasting life. And so if Jesus had not been obedient and loved us so, he would have never died for us. And we would be lost. So sometimes we look at the cross or we look at the things that happen at the cross as something horrifying. And the treatment that Jesus received and and what he went through was horrifying. But that was the greatest act of love that a father and a son could ever show. The father saying, son, I want you to go and die for this world. All of them are not going to receive us. But for those that will, I want you to go and die for them. And Jesus being obedient, even though he had a weak moment when he was in the garden and he prayed and he said, Lord, if you would just let this cup pass from me, but if not, I will do what you say. And so Jesus went ahead and he was obedient and his love for us was so strong that he went ahead and died for us that we would not be lost. But where was the Holy Spirit at this time? I believe he was preparing himself for the next stage into man's life. For you see, Jesus had said in the 14th and the 16th chapter of John that he had to go, but when he left, that he was going to send a comforter. So the Holy Spirit was preparing himself to enter into this realm to do the part that God wanted him to do in the redemption of of mankind. And so he came here as our advocate, as our comforter, as our counselor, as a convictor of sins and a convincer, of salvation. 
The Bible calls him, in the Greek word, it calls him a paraclete, or paraclete meaning counselor. This word is a verbal adjective meaning called alongside, related to the verb paracleo, which means called to one or to summon. Outside of the New Testament, it is used in a legal context to mean a legal assistant or an advocate. And so Jesus, uh, so the Holy Spirit has been sent here to be our advocate, to be our comforter, to be our, our leader, to be our guide, to be our revealer. So here he is, as I said, to he guides us, he reveals to us, he comforts us, he convicts us. When we do wrong as saints of God, it is the Holy Spirit that starts to convict you in that area of, you know you shouldn't take that drink. You know you shouldn't uh, 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 commit that commit adultery. You shouldn't look at that woman like that or look at that man like that. You shouldn't take that drug. You just hear that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you because he's trying to reveal something to you that if you do that, it is going to be sin. And then after we do the sin, uh, then our spirit is convicted because we know the Holy Spirit told us not to. But we went ahead and we did it anyway. But then the Holy Spirit also uh, brings comfort to us and, and talks to us about repentance, leading us into uh, into repentance. And so we really need the Holy Spirit in our lives And not only does he convict us Of the things that we do wrong So that we can repent So that we're not carrying that, that thing around with us He also comes to convict the world Of their sins When the man of God or the woman of God Stands up every Sunday And there are unsaved people in your church And they begin to feel that uneasiness they're feeling that uneasiness because they're going through a phase, not a phase, but they're going through a time that they need to make a decision. And there's the devil on one side saying, no, 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 don't go. But there's the Holy Spirit gently prodding and gently pleading and saying, I want you to come because I want to save you. I want to show you what great things God has for you. I want to show you your life. I want to show you that there's a plan for your life. So the Holy Spirit is here to be everything to us and for us that we need him to be. Let's turn to John 14, verses 16 through 18. That's St. John 14, 16 through 18. And 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Comforter, another comforter, which is counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The, verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, meaning welcome, take to its heart, because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Number 18, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, 
desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. Jesus was saying that when it was his time to go, he would not leave us alone, but there would be someone here for us to turn to whenever we needed him, and that would be the Holy Spirit. And then let's turn to John 16, a couple of chapters over, John 16, verses 7 through 15. John 16, verse 7 through 15. And verse 7 says, and again, I'm reading all of these from the Amplified Bible. Verse 7 says, however, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Verse 8 says, And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin, about righteousness, uprightness of heart, and right standing with God, and about judgment, about sin, in verse 9, about sin because they do not believe in me, meaning trust in, rely on, and adhere to me. Verse 10, about righteousness, uprightness of heart, and right standing with God, because I go to my Father, and you will see me no longer. Verse 11, about judgment, because the ruler, evil genius, prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned, and sentence already is passed upon him, meaning that the devil is already defeated. He's already uh, 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 out of the picture. You know, he's just like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he might devour. His sentence is already... He's just out on bail right now, just trying to rustle up enough, uh, uh, much mess as he can. You know, he misery loves company, so he's trying to take as many people to hell with him as he can because he's already been sentenced. And then verse 12 says, I have still many things to say to you, but are not able, but you are not able to bear them or to take them upon you or to grasp them now. Verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, meaning the truth-giving spirit, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come, that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will take up, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, and disclose. Close and, tr- and transmit it to you. 
The Holy Spirit, like Jesus, takes his orders from God. And he's in communion with God, just like Jesus was when he was here on the earth. He also uh, takes communion with Jesus and speaks to him and speaks to the Father on a daily basis about us. Whatever the Spirit of God says, whatever God speaks to him, whatever God tells him, he comes back and he tells us. Uh, Jesus said he will honor and glorify me because he will take of what is mine and will reveal it to you. Whatever Jesus spoke when he was here on the earth, the Holy Spirit will take that and make sure that that comes to pass. He will reveal it to you. He will interpret to you uh, the things that God has for you in this time. He'll he'll interpret your ministry. He'll reveal your ministry. He'll speak truth to you. He'll open up your mind and open up your spirit, open up your understanding so you can know God, is this what what it is that you have that you have for me to do? God, you know, thank you. I, w- I want to do what it is that you're telling me to do. I want to know exactly beyond a shadow of a doubt. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you, because he speaks nothing but truth. He doesn't speak of his own authority, but he speaks whatever he hears from the Father. Whatever the Father says, he will give that message to you. Whatever this uh the whatever Jesus declares, he will make sure that you get those messages. You see the function of the paraclete or the Holy Spirit are main, are are mainly teaching, revealing and interpreting what Jesus is saying to the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is so awesome. I mean, he reveals, he will open, he will even bring things back to your remembrance, the scripture says. He will, things that were said to you years ago that you forgot. I mean, there are prophecies that I received years ago that the Holy Spirit in my in my time of prayer have brought some of those uh, prophecies back to my memory. Uh, he will speak certain things to you as you are in prayer. Sometimes you just hear a voice, a little... Excuse me, a little still small voice, and it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and telling you things about your life, telling you things that uh, God has for you. Now you can choose to listen, or you can choose to ignore it. Because many times, as the Holy Spirit is speaking, the enemy is going to try to come and speak and snatch that word that the Holy Spirit has given you, snatch it right out so that you don't get the fullness of what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Or he tries to snatch it out of you through unbelief and through doubt and through mistrust. Oh, well, God can't be speaking to me. God can't. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that God isn't wanting to use me like that because of the type of person that I am. But But the Godhead knows exactly who you are, and they know the best things for our life. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's speaking truth to you. He's speaking something to you that is going to help you to become the person that you want to be, that's going to help you become a better person than you could ever think that you could be. 
The book of John speaks of the paraclete or the Holy Spirit in relation to the Father and to the Son and to the disciples at that time and now to us, the body of Christ, and to the world. The Father is the source of the paraclete or the Holy Spirit. He is the source where the Holy Spirit gets his directions from, and Jesus is the one who sends the Holy Spirit by asking the Father to send him, and which Jesus told them, he said, I will send, you know, that he needed to go away, that he needed to leave so that he could send the Holy Spirit to come and further them, help them in uh, their walk with Christ to 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 give them as I said to bring back to remembrance all those things that Jesus told them all those things that Jesus taught them but not only just to remember but to uh use the use their gifts use the the things that they saw Jesus do that they could do also but that they would do it in great power and we're going to get into that if we don't finish it today we're going to get into that next week so um the Holy Spirit gets his direction from the Father and from the Son. And so Jesus told them that until he, if, if, as long as he stayed there, that the Holy Spirit could not come yet. So he had to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come. So both the Son and the Holy Spirit have the same source, which is the Father. But the Son has a role in the hysterical, in the historical sending of the Holy Spirit. Both Jesus and the Holy Spirit play a distinct but related role in the revelation of the Father and the giving of life. Now, um, in this next text, um, the paraclete or the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete, but it also says in, in John fourteen sixteen. Uh, that there was another paraclete, which is actually Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is also a comforter. There's nothing that one in the Godhead does that the other one in the Godhead cannot do. They can all do the same thing. Uh, Whatever Jesus did here on the earth, the Holy Spirit can do the same thing here on the earth. It doesn't have Jesus has such certain powers, and the Holy Spirit has certain powers, they all have the same power. Why? Because they are God. They are the Godhead. They are one. They are connected together. So what one does, the other one can do. When Jesus was on the earth, he was the comforter, but he was only here in human form. And the Bible even tells us um, that he's a comforter, uh, in in the scriptures, let me see if I can get that uh, particular verse for you. It's in John, First John chapter, in First John chapter two, verse one. It says, "My little children, I write you these things so that you may not violate God's law and sin. But if anyone should sin, we have an advocate, one who will intercede for us with." The Father, it is Jesus the Christ, the all righteous, upright, just, who conforms to the Father's will in every purpose, 
thought and action. Now, we learned earlier that the Holy Spirit is also an intercessor. He also intercedes for us. Jesus interceded for us while he was here. Now the Holy Spirit intercedes uh, for us with groanings and moanings that cannot be uttered, uh, uh, but only God and Jesus himself understand. The Holy Spirit prays for us. He prays for us. As you're praying and you're asking God uh, for certain things, asking God to do certain things in your life, the Holy Spirit takes up that prayer and he delivers it on to, uh, to the throne room of God. That's why when we pray, we need to pray the word of God. We don't need to be praying, please, God, please, Lord, please, I need you. Please help me, Lord, help me. Please help me. Please, Lord, help me. God, I just need you. Please do this for me. We need to be praying what the word, Father, I thank you that I know that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, Father. I thank you, Father God, that by your stripes I am healed, O God. I thank you, Father God, that if I say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in in my heart, but believe that those things which I say shall come to pass. I can have whatsoever I say. Father, I thank you that all of my needs, Father God, are are supplied in you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And so as you are praying, the Holy Spirit catches on with your prayer because that's what they understand. They understand faith. And so the Holy Spirit, your your faith is is connecting with the Holy Spirit's faith, and, and those prayers are going up in their sweet uh, um, odor to God, and they're going into the very throne room of God. And the Holy Spirit's uh, prayers, he is praying in such a way as only he knows how to pray. You and I could probably never pray that way with groanings and moanings and utterances that we will never understand until we get before the very throne room of God ourselves. But then when our prayer is connected with the Holy Spirit's prayer and it reaches God, then boom, it all comes down and the blessings of God come down in a mighty force for us. So we need to begin to know who the Holy Spirit is and what he is in our lives and what it is that he's trying to do in our lives. So it says here in uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My little children, I write you these things so that you may so that you may not violate God's law and sin, but if anyone should, you have an advocate. You go to him. You go to Jesus. You go to the Holy Spirit and you say, I'm sorry, please, Lord, forgive me. I I repent of that. I don't want to go that way ever, ever, ever again. I, I turn my back on this sin. I don't want to have anything to do with this sin ever again. And once we do that, Jesus will forgive us of all of our sins, every sin that we've committed. When we when we when we make a mistake or we just go outright sin or do something wrong and we know it's wrong but we do it anyway, 
but we come to our um come to the realization that what we're doing is wrong and we repent of it, God forgives us forgives us of it right then and right there and then the scripture says he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west and our sins and iniquities he remembers no more. So if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. The Holy Spirit prays. Jesus then takes that prayer and goes to the Heavenly Father. And in our defense, he says, Father, forgive them. Look at them through my blood covering. Look through them through uh, through the blood that's on me, the blood that I shed. Look at their life. I see them, Father, down there. They're repentive, and they are not going to do this anymore. They have turned from this, Father, and I'm asking you to bless them, and I'm asking you to forgive them. So we're praying. The Holy Spirit is praying. Jesus is there uh, uh, in our defense talking to the Father. The Father looks at us through the blood covering of his son, Jesus, and he sees that our heart is right. And he sees our repentant spirit, and he forgives us, and he blesses us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so uh, it says that uh, Jesus speaks to the Father in our defense. Uh, Jesus is the righteous one. In First John, the role that Jesus is in is as the righteous one, as our advocate before. God, he is standing before God, talking to the Father, telling the Father everything about us. Uh, He comes to the Father dealing with our sin. But in the gospel, Jesus says that the, the Holy Spirit will take up the role Jesus himself has already been fulfilling during his ministry. Why? because he had to lead to prepare for our coming to join him in his Father's house. The Holy Spirit and Jesus working together, and then Jesus is preparing for our homecoming. Some of us will die and go home, but there's a whole bunch of us that are going to uh, be raptured out of here, and we're going to go to a place where we're going to be Welcome into the kingdom of God, and we're going to be moving into homes and and houses that are so beautiful. We're going to be in houses. We're going to be in a house that holds houses. That's how big God's house is, that it holds other houses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only is the Holy Spirit our advocate, our counselor, and our comforter, the word calls him the spirit of truth. This may help explain why the world does not see or know him since the world is neither holy nor of the truth. The world doesn't like truth because truth means that the things that they're hiding, their secrets and things like that are going to be revealed and that they're going to have to share those secrets. They're going to have to give up those hidden things. They're going to have to stop doing those hidden things, uh, that the light of God's word is going to be shined into the darkness in their life, and that the truth is going to reveal everything, and they don't 
want that, nor do they want to live holy. Living holy is a lifestyle. It's not the way that you're dressed. It's not if you have on makeup. It's not if you if you have long nails or short nails. It's not if your hair is in a bun or, or if they're in braids or if your hair is natural or if your hair is straight. Uh, it's not that you have to wear a suit all the time, but it is a lifestyle. It is the way that you treat others. Holiness is how Jesus lived, and we're to live the same way. We're to walk in love. We're to walk in obedience. We're to walk in forgiveness. We're to be good. We're to be kind. We're to be a blessing to others. We we are not supposed to be uh, people of sin where we're constantly on an everyday basis just committing sin. So you don't. Just because you're saved does not mean that you can go out, commit a sin, and then say, Jesus, I'm sorry, forgive me. Then go back out the next day, commit the same sin. Okay, Jesus, I'm sorry, forgive me. The Bible says that we are to repent of our sins, meaning that we are to turn away from our sins and not do them. We're supposed to live a holy lifestyle. We're supposed to hide the word of God in our heart so that we might not sin against God. But if we do, as we just found out in 1 John 2, it says if we do, we have an advocate with the Father, one that prays, the one that talks to the Father for us, and they forgive us of our sin. But don't just go out there and just arbitrarily just say, okay, I'm going to commit a sin today, I'm going to do this today because God is going to forgive me. Because sometimes... Um, we can do something wrong, and that doing something wrong, we can die in that sin. And then when you have to stand before God, you're going to miss out on so much because you did not follow what the Spirit of God told you to do. The Holy Spirit's dwelling is within the believer because he lives in them and he is known by them. Uh, the Holy Spirit being with us is an everlasting presence. His presence with the body of Christ is everlasting. He lives within those of us that are born again. He is our conscience, our guide, our leader, our revealer, our comforter, our, our truth teller. Uh, our interpreter. He he is everything that we need him to be to help us to walk this walk that we're always talking about. But he does not live in those who are worldly because, first of all, their temple has not been cleaned out for him to live in. That Jesus will only come into a cleaned well, not I'm not saying he'll only come into a cleaned out temple, but he you don't have to clean your temple first for him to come. You just come to Jesus as you are, and then he will clean your temple for you. He'll clean out all that muck and mire and all that nasty stuff that's living on the inside of you. He'll clean that out. But once he does, you are to follow his leading, follow his teaching, 
follow everything that he is telling you to do. Don't get out there and get all cleaned up on the inside and then go on back out there in the world. And then the scripture says, and here comes Satan. Now, he's already been cast out. Now, he he comes back with seven more worse than, than himself. So if you were smoking dope and prostituting and 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 uh, uh, were a rapist or some of the things, some of the evil, vile things that you may have done, those things are going to come back on you. And it says seven times worse than you were before. So don't allow, allow your house to get cleaned out, and then you walk away from the one that got you clean in the first place. So the Holy Spirit only lives within those. Who are in Christ If you are not in Christ The Holy Spirit does not Dwell there Doesn't dwell there At all Hallelujah Hallelujah Praise God Praise God Praise God We see that the Holy Spirit Like Jesus Comes from the Father As a gift the Bible tells us, as I said earlier, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then Jesus said that I have to go away, but when I go, I'm going to send uh, another comforter, meaning that the Holy Spirit is a gift to us just like Jesus was a gift and is a gift to us. And they were both sent by God the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, and as I was saying earlier about the Spirit, about the Holy Spirit, um, He is the Spirit of truth. Jesus Himself also is also the Spirit of truth. As I said earlier, one, they don't all have different things that they do, but they all do the same thing. Together, or they can all do the same thing. If God can heal, Jesus can heal. The Holy Spirit can heal. If God can raise the dead, Jesus can raise the dead. The Holy Spirit can raise the dead. They all do the same thing because they have the same purpose, the same mind, and the same mission. John fourteen six says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And the one way that we can come to the Father is we know we come to the Father through Jesus Christ, but it is the Holy Spirit who is also a spirit of truth that reveals to us who Jesus is. And we believe in the things that Jesus has done while he was here on the earth, which causes us to want to receive Jesus into our lives so that we can be everything that the Father the Son, and the Holy Ghost has deemed us to be. Hallelujah. And as we said, the world cannot accept this unless their eyes are first open, unless they are convicted of their sins, and unless they hear the word of God. In many situations, um, I know a lot of times when I'm at church and it seems like right at the time when it comes for people to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, or this is just about anywhere, when it when someone, you might be personally leading someone to the Lord, the enemy will cause 
some type of disruption, you know, at, at church a baby could cry or people just decide to get up and walk out or go to the bathroom or whatever it, it might be. And, uh, you know, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone, trying to tell someone, you know, convict someone in their heart, convict someone in their spirit that they need Jesus. And the devil will come along with some type of disruption so that this person's mind can be taken off of what they're hearing from the pulpit, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to them, and they kind of come back to their own mind and say, oh, no, no, i just do it next week. And sometimes next week could be too late because today was the day for their salvation. But hopefully that person would get a chance again. But the world cannot accept uh, who the Holy Spirit is. They cannot accept Jesus because their minds have not been changed. Their hearts aren't open to change. Their heart their hearts aren't open. Uh, they're being convicted, but they they have a closed heart. They have a clo- they have closed ears. They're closing their mind. They don't want to hear what uh, the Spirit of God is saying to them. Now we're going to look at some areas that the Holy Spirit helps us in. There are some areas here that the Holy Spirit helps us in. And these things are very, very, um, we need the Holy Spirit to deal with us in this area. Uh, The first one is we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be led. Those of us now that are born again, that are Christians, we cannot be led by our own mind, our own thoughts, our own beliefs. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans eight fourteen and 17 says this, and this is in the King James Version. That's Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. It says, for, many, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15 For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. See, sometimes those of us who are saved, we allow ourselves to get put back up under bondage. We allow ourselves to go back to some things that we did before that we were set free of or we um, um, walk in ways that we're walking in bondage. It could be even certain teachings that are putting us up under bondage, putting us in fear, some type of fear, some type of bondage. But it says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Don't allow people to put you in bondage. Sometimes people will... Even try to use the word to put you in bondage. But if if, if you're feeling bound and you're feeling fearful about about the uh, some things that people are saying to you or they're trying to tell you what 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 happened to them, what may have happened to them may not uh, happen to you because you're too 
different types of people. You're two different people. But don't allow anybody to put you into bondage or to cause you to walk in fear. Because it says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. You always question something that you're not sure of. And you get into that word. You get on the, comu- on the computer and you do a word study and, and you find out for yourself what that scripture actually means. Um, and um, see for yourself what the Spirit of God is saying. I remember people used to tell me a certain thing years ago um, that I was going to hell because I wore pants. And uh, I read uh, um, a scripture, I believe it was in John. I believe it was in First John, I'm not quite sure. But I read a scripture and it says that he did not condemn me. I can't remember how the scripture actually goes, but what it was saying that he did not condemn me. Because uh, I was praying, I said, well, Lord, am I wrong? Am I wrong? You know, I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to go to hell for wearing pants, you know. And uh, in the scripture, it, it, he he shared about that uh, if my heart did not condemn me, neither did he. And all this time I was in bondage over that thing. But I got into the word because I really wanted to know. My heart was, was I wanted to be right before the Lord. And I wanted to do whatever it was that pleased God. And he shared the Holy Spirit quickened that 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 um that verse to me and when i read it it just set me free and never again could i be put <coughs> excuse me into a spirit of bondage because i knew what the word of god said and i knew what the spirit of the lord was saying unto me uh verse 16 the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Don't let somebody else come up to you and tell you something about your salvation. Well, you're not saved, you're not this, you're not that. It says the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. If the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with you, and you know you're saved, and the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you, don't let somebody come up to you and tell you anything about your salvation, that you're not saved, or that uh, God doesn't love you, or that God doesn't want you, because the Spirit itself is going to bear witness with your spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with your spirit. He's in communication with your spirit to let you know that you are a child of God. And in verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You are an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. So whatever Jesus gets, you get. If you are his child, it says then heirs, heirs of God and then joint heirs with Jesus. If so be that we suffer with him that we may also glorify that we may also that we may be also glorified together. So if we go through certain things for Christ's sake, and I'm not so much talking about um 
people talking about you and stuff like that. I mean, some some really, you know, everybody's suffering is different. So whatever type of suffering or, or trials and tribulations that you go through, they, it, it, it is tremendous to you. So I cannot say what what is a suffering for one may not be a suffering for someone else. But if we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We're going to have to go through some things. There's some things in life you're just going to have to suffer through. You're going to have to go through. There's some things that you can pray your way out of, that you can bind and you can cast it away from your life. But there's some things that you're going to have to suffer through because you've got to learn. There's a certain lesson. There's a certain thing that God wants to teach you or share with you or show you. And once he does, and once you pass that test, you are going to be totally free. And you're not going to have to go through that particular trial and tribulation again. But so when we suffer with him, we will also be glorified with him. Um, Here are some ways that we're led. Uh, We're led by the word of God. Many people will say, well, I don't know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Well, you get into the Word and the Word and ask the Holy Spirit, show me in your Word what it is that I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. Show me in your Word how to overcome in this area. Show me in your Word. When you go to the Holy Spirit and you ask Him things, He's going to first, well, not first of all, but one way He's going to lead you is through and by the Word of God. Other ways that he's going to lead you is uh, possibly at church. You're going to hear your pastors uh, preach a certain message, and in that message you're going to get what it is that you've been seeking God for. It might be a visiting minister, maybe during a revival. You might turn on TBN or one of the other uh, uh, religious networks. Um, you may be sleep and God leads you in a in a dream. So God will speak to you in many different ways, but one of the best ways is that we are going to be led is by the word of God. The second one, we receive deeper understanding of the word and purpose and the will of God when we are led by the spirit. When we're led by the Spirit, we receive deeper understanding of the word, purpose, and will. Because many people will say, well, what is the will of God? I don't know what the will of God for my life is. I don't know what my purpose is. Well, one thing I can tell you about the word is that the word of God is the will of God for your life. When you read the word of God, that's God's will. That's God's purpose, and that's his divine destiny. Now, he's going to speak some other things to you, and maybe uh, uh, part of your destiny is to own your own business, or part of your destiny is to pastor a church, or part of your destiny is to have some sort of outreach ministry, or part of your destiny is to be a radio host. Whatever the Spirit of the Lord uh, gives you, his will is in his word. The Word of God is going to help you in whatever area the Spirit of God puts you in life. Number three, God never leads us to do anything contrary 
to his word. God will never, never, ever at any time, at any time, will he ever tell us to do something that contradicts his word. If he says that certain things are sin in the word of God, he's not going to go off and tell you, okay, go do this. He's not going to tell you that. If you know that uh, fornication is a sin, he's not going to go and tell you to fornicate. He's not going to do that because that would go against his word. So we have to be very, very careful that we know the word of God and that we don't just do things um, to uh, please ourselves because we want to hear what we want to hear. So we try to find some kind of a way to, in the word even, to to uh, um, make what we're doing okay. God will never tell us to do anything, anything. He will never tell us to do anything that is not in his word. If you're doing something and uh, you say that God said that I can do it, but in the word it says you can't, then you didn't get that. You didn't get that from God. You didn't get that from God at all. Well, I am going to go ahead and uh, do a song here, and then we are going to come back. I'm not going to be able to finish this message because there's some other things that I want to get into on tonight. I mean, on that I wanted to get into on tonight but I'm going to have to finish them out on next week because I want to talk about um, how we should pray in the Spirit. I want to talk about um, how um, how we should walk in the Spirit. And I want to talk about the... Um, I want to talk about being filled with the Spirit of God to do the greater works and I want to also talk about the um, the giftings of the Holy Spirit. So we'll probably be able to finish that on next week. But right now we're just going to go ahead and we're going to do a song. And I pray that you enjoy the song. Come on, everybody, lift your hands. The presence of the Lord is here. On one accord.
Hallelujah. We praise God. He is here. Well, I wanted to share just one more uh, scripture here, and we'll continue next week. It says, we should pray in the Spirit. Um, This is Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that was what I was sharing a little bit earlier about the Holy Spirit, that when we're praying, the Holy Spirit uh, connects with our prayer, and it goes up before the Father. Um, Sometimes when we're praying, well, let's go here to verse 27. Verse 27 says, And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. I remember when I first received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk a little bit about that next week, that I um, would get on my knees to pray. But I could not um, quite sometimes find things to pray about. And I just wasn't sure uh, what to pray for. So I would get down and I would pray as much in my uh, English language as I could. But one day I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and said for me to speak in tongues. Well, I I had only just recently been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I kind of had a struggle with being filled with the Holy Spirit because I didn't quite understand the things about uh, speaking in tongues. And uh, I had gone up on several occasions to be filled with the Spirit, but uh, I would walk away feeling good, but I just never um, would uh, never spoke out the words uh, uh, for uh, you know the the tongues. I would hear something in my spirit. But I just didn't have the faith enough to speak. And I had some people try to lead me and say this, huh? you know, and say that. And uh, But nothing ever felt right to me. And one day uh, I was at a coffee shop, a religious coffee shop. It was a, um, a little place in Arkansas. I can't remember the couple's name, but uh, they had a, um, a little... Um, little religious coffee house there called, I believe it was called the Jesus Place or the Jesus House. And it was just a group of young people who, who just loved the Lord. It was back in the 70s. And they were just loving God and loving on God. And the Holy Spirit was just moving in a mighty, miraculous way. And I would listen as many of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I wanted the Holy Spirit so bad. I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had been baptized with water, but I had not been baptized uh, uh, in the Holy Spirit. And a lady walked up to me, and she said, um, Becky, she said, let's you and I go in the back here. And, and I talked for a minute with her. Everybody was gone, just a few people out there in the, uh, this was after the service, actually. A few people were out there uh, still in the coffee house, and her and I were back there in the back. And she just began to talk to me, and she began to pray with me, and she said, Becky, whatever you hear in your spirit, 
She's on the inside of you. Just repeat those words. She said, just repeat them by faith. She said, I'm just going to pray for you. And she said, but the faith is up to you. And she prayed, and I heard these little words, and I began to just repeat what I heard. Shanana, shanana. That was all I heard. And, and, and I just prayed it. I just spoke it in faith. And every day uh, when I would go home, I was filled with the Spirit that night. And every day when I would go home and I would get on my knees and I'd pray and I'd hear the Holy Spirit say, pray in tongues. And then I would, I would be praying, shanana, 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 shanana. And one day I said, shanana. And I was like, wow. It was like a extra word there, you know. I mean, I just didn't know. And, and the Holy Spirit just every day as I would pray, and I would pray in my tongues, that um, I would get, it was like he would open up more words to me. And that, like, a couple of weeks after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I went to church that Sunday. And uh, actually my husband and I at the time were uh, in a Baptist church. And uh, the Holy Spirit just moved all over me, and I just stood up. I was a, I was still kind of a babe in Christ. I was just still learning things, and and I just stood up, and I just everybody was praising God and just having a good time in the Lord, and I just started speaking in tongues, and boy, fluently it came out. It just came out, and I mean, and I've been speaking fluently in tongues for or well over almost 30 years, and, and and when I pray in tongues, sometimes you don't know what to pray for. But if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, if you've been filled, uh, uh, if the Spirit of the Lord has, has, has entered into you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is another aspect of our Christianity, uh, when you're praying in tongues, Sometimes you don't know what to pray for, you know. Sometimes I, I'm I'm a uh, I'm an intercessor. I'm a prayer warrior, and so sometimes God will put an urgency sometimes in my spirit. Sometimes I'll begin to feel things, and I don't know what it is. I look around me; everything is well. I'm feeling fine. My husband's feeling fine. I call my children just to make sure they're okay, and then I know I say, you know, I, it must be an urgency for me to pray for someone else or something else. Maybe it's for something that's going to happen. When you feel an urgency to pray, you know, even if you're on your job, if you got a minute that you can go to the restroom and and pray, you know, uh, just go into the stall and just pray for a minute or two just in your heavenly language and and just let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you because the Spirit is making intercession for us and through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And then the Bible says, And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints. You're praying and the Holy Spirit is praying, and it's all being done according to the will of God. When you allow the Holy Spirit, when you just unleash yourself to the Holy Spirit and and when you get filled with the precious Holy Ghost, and uh, uh, one way that we know that we are filled with the Spirit is through tongues, through the speaking of tongues, uh, which we're going to get a little bit into on next week, and we're going to talk about the the gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. 
Um, I just want you to know that the that the Holy Spirit says that we should pray. We should pray. It's one way that the Holy Spirit leads us is when we pray in the Spirit and we begin to know what it is that God has for us when we begin to pray. The more that you pray, the more that you pray, the more that God is going to deal with you, the more that you pray. So you've got to give yourself over to the Holy Spirit to do what it is that He wants to do in your life. When we pray in the Spirit, we are connecting with the Holy Spirit. We are connecting to the to to God. We are connecting to Jesus, and He they're beginning to share things with us in our lives that are going to better equip us to be the saints that God is calling us to be. Hallelujah. 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 So I'm going to ask you to tune in on next week and um, let the Spirit of the Lord just uh, finish, finish with this teaching and that we might be blessed, that we might begin to know truly who the Holy Spirit really, really is. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is just wonderful. I mean, He is He 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 is just so so special, just so special. He's special in my life. I I tell you, without Him, I don't know uh, where I would be. I, without Him, I don't know. Um, what it is that I would be doing with my life. I tell you, there are times that he has spoken to me and I have listened, and there are times that he has spoken to me and I did not listen, and I regretted the times that I did not listen. But I'm going to play a song for you right now, and when I come back, we will conclude this broadcast, and um, I pray that you enjoy the song.
praise God. I am God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to close out the show on tonight. I pray that um, you did get something out of tonight's message. I pray that you will tune in again uh, with us on next week um, as I want to be able to get a little bit more into who the Holy Spirit is. And uh, I do want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I do want to talk about, uh, like I said, walking in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit and the uh, the gifting of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to close out. I want to say thank you tonight for joining with me. And I pray that, as I said earlier, that you were blessed. Um, I pray that um, you have a blessed week on this week. Um, please pray for me. I'm feeling a little bit up under the weather. But uh, God is good. God is faithful. God is a healer. And I know that he is just going to do what he does best. And that is work everything out for the good. And so we just thank God on tonight. And uh, we just praise Him. Give Him all the glory, the honor, and the praise. I want to say thank you for tuning in to A Word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler, saying thank you for joining us. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for Him, and I will see you next week. God bless you, and have a good night. Come on, y'all.